Welcome to the Become New.me podcast with John Ortberg. This is Passage to Wisdom, episode 34, The Freedom of Humility. Hi, this is John Ortberg. I want to talk to you about humility. There's an old country western song that's actually written in the form of a prayer, and it begins, O oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. And of course, that's exactly wrong. Part of what perfection involves is actually humility. Humility is a wonderful thing, although it's very hard to pursue. And as somebody who has spent so much of my life thinking that my life is about giftedness and trying to be happy is really trying to achieve and impress other people, I've been thinking a lot, learning a lot about humility. And actually, humility is a wonderful thing. Humility makes a life of freedom possible. We're in this series together, Passage to Wisdom. How are you doing on the humility front? Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote in his wonderful book, Screwtape Letters, about this process of humility. And old Uncle Screwtape writes, My dear Wormwood, uh, Wormwood's human being, the patient that he was in charge of, had come back to God, had repented from a time of drifting away. And this is what Screwtape writes. The most alarming thing in your last account of your patient is he's making none of those confident resolutions that marked his original conversions. No more lavish... (laughs) These stupid little gnats. No more lavish promises of perpetual virtue, I gather. Not even the expectation of an endowment of grace for life, but only a hope for the daily and hourly pittance to meet the daily and hourly temptation. This is very bad. And then Lewis goes on. I see only one thing to do at the moment. Your patient has become humble. Have you drawn his attention to the fact? And then this profound insight. All virtues are less formidable to us once the man is aware that he has them. This is especially true of humility. And this is part of what we're learning together about spiritual life. There is this very interesting paradox that deep awareness is very helpful if I'm wrestling with something negative, like to become aware, oh, this is me being fearful, or, oh, this is me being resentful, helps me get some distance from it. On the other hand, to say, oh, this is me being humble, to become self-conscious about virtues actually makes it harder for them to be sustained, for us to live in them. And this is because actually when we see any virtue in the right way, it doesn't look remarkable. It doesn't look like, what an amazing thing I'm doing living this. It just simply looks like the same way to live because it is a part of life in the kingdom. It is a part of spiritual and moral health and sanity. All virtues are less formidable to us once the man is where he has them, especially humility. Catch him at the moment when he's really poor in spirit and smuggle into his mind the gratifying reflection, by Jove, I'm being humble. Almost immediately, pride, pride at his own humility will appear. If he awakens to the danger and tries to smother this new form of pride, Make him proud of his attempt, and so on, through as many stages as you please. Now, one of the things that happens to human beings when we live with a sense of the need to accomplish or achieve or to look strong, and that's the way that our world works, is that our actual life goes in the opposite direction. Roger Morton has written that in organizations, when they lack humility, they're on a path to dissent. 
And the last two stages of this, he says, are the deterioration of needed feedback. I'm no longer as a leader willing to listen to what other people need to tell me about what I'm doing wrong. And then along with that, the proliferation of defensiveness. Defensiveness is the opposite of humility. It is an unwillingness to be coached by other people. Ultimately, it is an unwillingness to learn. And at the core, it's an unwillingness to surrender. One of the things that we've talked about for many, many months is that spiritual life really begins with the recognition, I can't. And this is at the core of humility. Humility, in a very deep way, is really just the recognition of reality. I can't. I can't be the person I want to be. I can't be as smart or as strong or as attractive or as successful or whatever it is as my ego tells me I have to be in order. I can't. I can't. But there is one who can. I think I'll let him. I will surrender to him. And this is why humility is simply, at the deepest level, just the recognition of reality. And that's why there's nothing extraordinary about it. That's why when pride tempts us to be arrogant about our humility, it's such a hilarious thing. All we're doing is living in reality. Old Uncle Screwtape goes on. There's other profitable ways of fixing his attention on the virtue of humility. By this virtue, as by all the others, our enemy wants to turn the man's attention away from self to him, to God, and then to our neighbors. Old Screwtape writes, All the abjection and self-hatred are designed in the long run solely for this end. Unless they attain this end, they do us little harm, and they may even do us good if they keep the man concerned with himself. And above all, if self-contempt, in other words, if I confuse humility for self-contempt, can be made the starting point for the contempt of other selves, and thus for gloom, cynicism, and cruelty. You must therefore conceal from the patient the true end of humility. So let's think about what humility is really about. Let him think of it not merely as self-forgetfulness, but as a certain kind of opinion, namely a low opinion of his talent and character. Some talents, I gather, he really has. Fix in his mind the idea that humility consists in trying to believe those talents to be less valuable than he believes them to be. No doubt they are, in fact, less valuable than he believes. Paul says, let us have, think of ourselves with sober judgment. We all have a problem doing that. We all have a kind of great inflation when it comes to grading ourselves. No doubt they are less valuable than he believes. That's not the point. The great thing is, make him value an opinion for some quality other than truth, thus introducing an element of dishonesty and make-believe into the heart of what otherwise threatens to become a virtue. By this method, thousands of humans have been brought to think that humility means pretty women trying to believe they are ugly, handsome men trying to think they're not handsome, Clever people trying to believe they are fools. And since what they're trying to believe may in some cases be manifest nonsense, they cannot succeed in believing it. And we have the chance of keeping their minds endlessly revolving on themselves in an attempt to achieve the impossible. 
To anticipate the enemy's strategy, we must consider his aims. The enemy wants to bring the man to a state of mind in which he would design the best cathedral in the world and know it to be the best and rejoice in the fact without being any more or less or otherwise glad at having done it than he would be if it had been done by another. The enemy wants him in the end to be so free from any bias in his own favor that he can rejoice in his own talents as frankly and gratefully as in his neighbor's talents or in a sunrise, or an elephant, or a waterfall. He wants each man in the long run to be able to recognize all creatures, even himself, as glorious and excellent things. Humility is opposed to this constant sense that we have of, I got to compare myself to other people, and that's where I develop a sense of worth. There's an old, old rabbinic story about how we can compete even in our humility a rabbi uh, goes into the place of worship and falls on his knees and says, Oh God, I'm nothing. I am nothing. I am nothing. And the cantor sees the rabbi doing that, figures it's a good idea. So he drops to his knees. Oh God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And then the janitor guy at the low end of the status totem pole falls to his knees. Oh God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And the cantor says to the rabbi, Look who thinks he's nothing. Humility is not trying to think less of my abilities or my talents. It's simply to think about myself less and to be aware of God and his goodness and the goodness of other human beings. Humility is really about freedom. And that's why it is so worth asking for. Let's take a moment and ask for it right now. God, now, as I walk through this day, would you liberate me from my concern about myself, my appearance, my achievements? Would you deliver me from vanity, keep me from comparing myself to other people, help me to be of service to you and to them? I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I will tell you a little secret. Tim may have cut this off, but just in case he doesn't, uh, uh, I'm actually doing this talk with my phone up on a garbage can and there are gnats all over the place. And initially I thought, well, this is probably a bad idea. They will be irritating and so I shouldn't do it. And then I thought, well, actually, it's kind of good to do a talk about humility when there are gnats coming at you from the garbage can. So if nothing else, if this is a part of the video, <laughs> You can keep it and carry that into the day. We are just gnats, but we are loved by God. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word become to the number 56525. Or invite a friend by sharing the link becomenew.me.